Well, we kind of called it with Snoop Dogg last week, but we didn't get the product right exactly. Yeah. I did say it would be a little weird if he came out with a vape cartridge or a vape or a... Yeah, like he could have done it a few years ago or something. if he was going to do it. Yeah, that's like a 2018 product, especially yeah. in California for a guy who's already in that, heavily in that industry. And then what it turned out to be was a smokeless grill for your Yeah, it's like a, it's patio? supposed to be a it's like marketed as a smokeless fire pit, which just seems like the stupidest shit. Who's going to buy that? I feel like either you could just like grill or you could have an actual like fire pit, you know? Yeah, like having a fire pit is cool, but part of the attraction to it is that you have to put the wood in, you've got the smell, there is the smoke, like maybe it's not good for you, but it does. It's just part of the experience. Yeah, you know? it's part of the ambiance. The only thing this stupid product is for is people who think they're going to want to like make like uh, s'mores with their friends, but then they only use it once a year after they buy it, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I guess that's why he was giving up smoke as this stupid fucking smokeless fire pit. And uh, then the the brand is called Solo Stove. And of course, they had to respond to Snoop Dogg's post, like looking for attention about it. And I was interested to see how people responded to them. And it breaks down into exactly two categories and nothing else of some people are saying, this was genius advertising. What a way to get everyone talking. And then everyone else is saying, you tricked me. I'm not going to buy this shit. Like I would never buy this product. WTF. Like everyone's either like some like dipshit with marketing brain, like, wow, how innovative. Or they're a normal person who's like, I will never buy this product. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder how the balance sheet looks. Do they actually get a bunch of orders? Are they it making money like hand impossible. over fist because of the Snoop Dogg endorsement on his Twitter? I don't know. It just seems like... There's no way. How could you come out ahead with this? Yeah, they had to pay so much to get him to do this, I'm sure. And it's like, if the, if he actually was announcing gummies or something, they would sell a shitload of them because it actually lines up with what people think of him and what his fans like. But none of his fans want this like fucking stupid like vanity smokeless fire pit like niche product, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure who the Snoop Dogg demographic is at this point. I guess they're assuming that it's like Martha Stewart type people, that he has moved into that space so much. Because his average fan, like people that were in high school when Gin and Juice came out, they're what, 52? Yeah, absolutely. So they probably have a patio. They're probably in that demographic. But are they still paying attention to Snoop Dogg? Like who's... Who's taking yeah. product recommendations from Snoop Dogg? It's so tenuous. And that's why it's funny that there's so many people saying they're marketing geniuses for this one. Of, It's definitely a way to go viral because we wouldn't have talked about it otherwise. So they did get us to talk about it, but nobody's going to buy it. right? Like it's actually very bad marketing because there's just not that much synergy between his audience and, and this brand's audience, you know? Yeah, the people talking about it are not the right people. Yeah, It's like exactly. how Bernie was more popular on Twitter than with the old people who go and vote. Yeah, for sure. Like every nobody I knew voted for Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was an example of that. Nobody I know bought a solo stove. Yeah, I, I wonder. But everyone's gonna go buy one. <laughs> because people do keep paying him for stuff. I wonder how it works. Let's see. Yeah, remember like years ago we read about his guy who manages his brand partnerships? Because he was the one who got him to do the fucking bored ape shit. That's how we learned about that guy. Like that guy is just voracious in taking any opportunity that comes their way. And I'm sure this is no difference. Like Snoop Dogg doesn't give a fuck about this stove. I think it's just funny from the stove's perspective of you managed to pull off like a viral stunt, but there just has to be so little to gain from it. Oh, he already has weed. Okay. He's we had weed for a while. Before. 
He does sell gummies. He sells onion rings with weed in them. <laughs> so annoying. That seems really gross. Yeah. Snazzle O's is what they're called. Also, because like edibles, you still get that weed flavor. You know, you can't fully get rid of that. So it's going to be the weirdest tasting onion ring. It's not very complimentary flavors. Yeah, it's very strange because when I take an edible, I want it to be more like a pill than anything. Yeah. Like it's okay yeah. if it's a chocolate bar or something or a gummy, but like I don't want it to be a bag of food that I have to eat. Like I guess it's one one serving is one onion ring. Like either eating the whole thing that would kill you, but eating yeah. one <laughs> onion ring and closing the bag back up. <laughs> it's so weird. It's, yeah. Like who eats one onion ring? It's a very poorly thought out product. Yeah, I don't know. But that at least makes sense. I have to guarantee that someone's just eaten the whole bag and then just felt miserable. Yeah. Like that New York Times writer, Maureen Dowd. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That was like a few years ago now. Yeah. When she went to Denver or something and she ate a whole hundred milligram chocolate bar. Yeah, that rocks. It says uh, on the back not to do it. Anyone could have told you. You can also ask the person at the dispensary. It's like getting a 30 pack of uh, Bud Light or something and just downing all 30. Yeah. And then you're like, I was throwing up all night. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Like you had a lot. That's too much. But at least she prevented it for other people. I'm going to tweet at Budweiser. Your product made me throw up. (laughs) I was poisoned. Yeah. (laughs) Going on IWasPoisoned.com and just saying beer made you throw up. The first seven were fine, but that eighth can, I think it had poison in it. (laughs) So Snoop Dogg, you know, I guess he got the bag like he always does. Not sure. I think that he played solo stove here. So maybe... Once again, we got to end up on Team Snoop Dogg, even though he's a complete sellout shill, you know? Yeah, I think the company's really getting played. I don't know if any of his endorsements have really mattered, maybe with the NFT stuff. Like, I wonder if the lawyers who are working on the NFT cases, I wonder if they've done the math for how much of their profit came from Snoop Dogg or Paris Hilton or whoever saying stuff on TV. Like, did that do anything? Did Dave Portnoy... Uh, did Dave Portnoy tweeting about Safe Moon actually make the price go up? I don't know. Yeah, it's so hard to say. I Does doubt the Yuga ever Labs people were like tracking it that closely either. Yeah. I think they should be off the hook because it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still want to see like Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton go down, you know, but you're right that it was probably futile. And that's why they shouldn't have done it. They didn't need to be plugging it on TV because it's futile to do. Oh, man. There's an article on theroot.com. Snoop Dogg blew a big moment by not actually giving up smoke. The venerable <laughs> rapper could should've. have helped black folks, but he chose securing the bag with a social media stunt. Oh, God. And I guess the point is... Um, That's such a lame take. Smoking marijuana can lead to lung damage, and there's a possibility, albeit still inconclusive, that it can lead to an increased likelihood of lung cancer as it does with cigarette smoke. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention have concluded that black men have the highest rates of developing and dying from lung cancer. That includes me, and that includes you, Snoop. All it took was the illusion that Snoop was giving up smoking to make a difference. Meek Mill went out on a limb in support of him and shared via Instagram. I'm going to go to Dubai and completely stop smoking. I'm a follow Snoop. My doctor said I got a little bit emphysema in a chest. If I don't stop smoking, it cuts my lifeline in half. I was addicted to the nicotine and this new weed got too many chemicals and too risky to play with my mental. Okay. Well, that sounds like something else is going on with him. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the nicotine, man. If you have emphysema. Yeah. I think it was being addicted to the nicotine. I mean... 
like we talked about last episode, uh, there are reasons not to smoke weed. It's probably not the best way to take it in. It has its appeal, but uh, wouldn't blame anyone for not doing it. Yeah, you could easily but, just eat an onion ring. That'll get yeah, you, you can eat an too. onion ring. It's easy. But to get mad about this, I wasn't expecting to see this take. That's very funny. Yeah, I guess that's you have an to say something. Take. Like he should actually be lecturing black men that you shouldn't be smoking weed, yeah. <laughs> which is like they want like like uh like Saturday morning PSAs from Snoop Dogg. Now come on, don't smoke so much. That would be very cool. I think he should do it, that actually. It feels like the writer uh started writing a sincere piece about Snoop's statement, and then once he flipped it around as an ad thing, they got mad about it, you know, and now they're now they're bitter about it. <laughs> Did Kanye say you say you shouldn't beat off? I have no idea. <laughs> I feel like he said that. I don't think I heard that, but he said so much insane shit in the last couple of years that it just blurs together. I think he said he was addicted to porn. <laughs> you know what? I could see that. Kanye seems like the kind of guy who he would have that problem, you know? Yeah. We don't hear from him anymore. I think uh, probably his people told him he needs to disappear. <laughs> Especially right now. I think we need him to make some statements. Yeah, geez, Some poorly thought man. out public statements. Yeah, this would be the time. It would be really good for the Elon Musk thing. Actually, that would be awesome if he came back and just said some wild shit. Yeah. It would put Elon, Elon in such just, a bad position. Exactly. Elon would refuse to ban him. Yeah, he wouldn't ban him, and then Media Matters would be talking about it. It would be good. Yeah. But, you know, uh, to transition here, going from one product that no one's going to buy, the Solo Stove, to another product that already no one is buying... We got to go back around to Garth Brooks's new album, Time Traveler, that we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, a listener tagged me on Twitter with this great thread by this guy, Jason Kobler, who writes for 404 Media, I guess, formerly Motherboard. But uh, he did a good little, like, quote unquote, investigative thing into has anyone listened to Garth Brooks' album that's exclusively available at Bass Pro Shops? And it seems that there's either one or two reviews on the internet. There's almost no reviews of the album on the Best Pro website. Uh, it's not available on any streaming service. It's just straight up not on YouTube. I was looking for the single on YouTube and I finally found it. But you had to scroll through a bunch of shit. Like the single's, single's called Rodeo Man. So if you look it up on YouTube, there's just a song called Rodeo. There's playlists called Rodeo. Garth Brooks at the Rodeo, like all this other shit. And then eventually you find one copy of it from something called Taste of Country that has 3,000 plays which is insane for the best-selling country artist of all time. Wow. Or maybe like Taylor Swift just probably outsold him. I don't know. But at one point, he was the best-selling country artist ever. And this one single has 3,000 uploads from some random country site. And that's like all I can find. That's so strange. Yeah, I remember saying that it's kind of a weird demographic mismatch because Garth Brooks is music for moms. But yeah. Bass Pro Shops, <laughs> that's a shop for dads. That's a dad zone. And well, do you want to hear the first review on the Best Pro Shops website? Sure. Five star review. Uh, he said, got this for my mom and she absolutely loves it. Anything Garth Brooks, but with her, anything Garth Brooks with her, but shipping extremely fast, 11 out of 10. Okay. Um, can you reply to that? If we could get you that guy's mom's say, email. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to explain to her how to rip a CD and then put it in a zip file. Yeah, we got to hear this sucker. So you can order it online now from Bass Pro Shop's website. So if we wanted to spend $30, we could get this. Just the album? 
Yeah. I thought it was a box set. Well, it is. Sorry. Yeah. It's a seven CD box set for 30 bucks, which is a uh, pretty good for seven Yeah, pretty CDs. good. Seven CDs. That would be like 80 normally. Yeah. Maybe even Garth Brooks's people know that the age of the CD is over. But uh, so that also seems to be the only real review on here because the other reviews are this one just lists out the 10 songs in the track list and then says promises to be a good album. And then this other one just seems like a weird marketing-ish. I don't know what's going on here. Of It's called Garth's Third and Best Box Set. This is a must for fans who haven't bought these CDs and other packages. Fans must follow protocol and order it early. Supplies will be limited. Protocol. Right. <laughs> and it says, was this helpful? 11 no's. Yeah, that person doesn't sound like a real fan. Yeah, especially because this is third and best box set. But this box set collects all his music from 2014 onward. I would assume this is almost certainly his very worst box set. Yeah, 2014 onward. Yeah. That's weird. That's like getting a YouTube box set that's just all the songs of experience or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's got songs the famous cover. Songs yeah. of incest. Yeah, he should put it on Spotify. I didn't know that he's a complete Spotify holdout. Really? He's uh, in the ranks of uh, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, this, uh, you know, the woke mob. The here. wall of shame. It's a small mob of just three famous musicians. Yeah, the only Garth Brooks song in there is performance of Friends in Low Places on the last waltz. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know that he was that kind of social media holdout. Or actually, okay, I guess another thing I stumbled across in reading about this, I didn't know that Tom Segura has some like long-running bit about Garth Brooks, uh, that he must be a serial killer. And like it's fine to like that seems like a fine bit, but what it seems annoying to me that his fans for five years now have been trolling Garth Brooks online about it, which seems like you need to let it go at some oh, point. Oh, that right? sucks! Like that's kind of annoying. Like that could be a funny bit for like a month, but five years later, his fans are still just harassing Garth Brooks. It's like shut up. Well, Tom man. Segura stinks. Yeah, he's kind of. I don't know. He was kind of funny at one point, but I was never like I never paid attention. That's to almost him, really. the same demographic as Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks fans at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's like people in their 50s. Yeah. I feel like also, okay, in my limited knowledge of Tom Segura, it seems like he's bad at knowing when to retire a bit. Because I know that he like ed he like encouraged Crazy Lokes for way too long. And like in he got like some... Oh, oh there's some yeah. guy started trying to promote a boxing match between Crazy Lokes and Tom Segura. It's like, dude, you should have dropped that bit way before that. Like, that guy is obviously mentally not well, and you can't keep dragging that out, man. Also, he would win. Oh, yeah. I would love to see Tom Segura get knocked out by Crazy Don't Lokes. Don't fuck with him. Yeah, I forgot about that. I remember looking at the Crazy Lokes comments, and there were people from the Tom Segura show. I forgot about that because I, I only know Tom Segura now because he's the Burt Kreischer co-host. Um, uh, and he's also, that. he had that horrible tweet recently where he was mad at some woman at the airport. I forget what he said exactly. Uh, I think he called yeah. her a cunt. I did see that too. It was yeah. something that was completely out of pocket where he was talking about like regular people and the, the normal scum. I shouldn't have to talk to you. I think he was doing the thing where he's like, quote unquote, being funny, but he actually believes it, you know? Yeah. It's like a character, but not really. Yeah. Oh, he said, dumb cunt from American Air made me gate check my bag so she feels the little power she has in her life. I get it. Oh, you it's win this better. round, He's yelling cunt. at a service worker. God. It's like, God damn, dude. 
as if she wants to feel power over you. She's just trying to fucking do her job and get through the day. She doesn't give a the shit. The lowest level pores get upset as, as they've been trained to do when you point out their happy to do what I'm told servant mentality. They don't value time because their time is <laughs> Jesus worthless. Christ, man. You are specks of shit on a washcloth and washcloths belong in the trash. No, they don't. Yeah, they're reusable. Yeah, a washcloth goes in the hamper. Yeah. Well, I guess that Moron. that speaks to how rich and out of touch he is that he would throw out a yeah, washcloth. Yeah, he's got the help. Single use no, washcloth. He's got the help doing his washcloths for him. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. It's like when rappers would talk about wearing their white tee only one time. That's how he is. That's like a little bit wasteful, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a minor flex. Because how much do those cost? Yeah, like, it's a very funny. Yeah, like you're buying like the cheapest white tees at like in bulk. Yeah, you know? if it's like a Gucci tee, then that's kind of a flex. But if it's like the Hanes ones that come in a pack, yeah, I think that's usually probably what it is. Yeah. You know? But in any case, this Garth Brooks album, I tried to. I just kept reading as much as I could about it, which isn't that much. Uh, there's some Garthology podcast that revealed halfway through their episode about it that neither of them actually managed to listen to it. Garthology. They couldn't spend 30 bucks. I guess we're talking about it and we're not spending 30 bucks, but it wouldn't be that interesting is the thing. Like what's interesting about it is that it was at Bass Pro Shops and that you can't find it. Yeah, no one heard it. The music is not going to be interesting. If we actually heard the music, we wouldn't care. But on their podcast, they do care about the music. I think it's probably that they had to get it shipped from Bass Pro and it probably just didn't arrive in the first week, you know? Um, Why did they care about the music? Yeah. (laughs) Do they like it? I guess. Are they guys that like it? Garthology. It seems to be. I would have hoped so if you're going to talk about Garth Brooks every week. They should do a Gainsology podcast. They probably have. You know, that's probably their spin Yeah, they probably have. Oh, they just like him, I guess. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Garth Brooks is a highly influential country music artist, but he himself has been influenced by a variety of musicians and genres throughout his career. In this episode... Wow, a musician who's influenced by other musicians? Yeah, very unoriginal. In this episode, we will look at one of Garth's many influencers, Mr. Bob Seger. Wow. Bob Seger was sort of the first influencer in the way that Shakespeare was the first rapper. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, going on down the line here... That Rodeo Man single I was talking about that I finally found on YouTube from that random site. Garth Brooks had posted that it's bucking awesome that 69 radio stations across the country have picked up that song as a single. But there's 2,100 country stations in America. That's brutal. And less than 100 have picked it up. Like, how is that possible for Garth Brooks, right? Like, he just must not want people to hear this, right? Like, it's just too crazy. Yeah, it's like that Wu-Tang album that they sent to Martin Shkreli. Yeah, it couldn't have been good. Kind of, like, yeah, if it was good, they would have wanted to release it. They would have released it, it by now, because what's he going to do? He's in yeah. jail. Or maybe he's not yeah, in jail. it was confiscated but... from him. The government uh, confiscated oh, yeah. him when he went to jail. It's in like the Library of Congress, right? Maybe. I think so. That Something right. like that. What if it was Beats like that RZA like video right where now. he's using the, what was it called? Yeah. <laughs> that the, oh, fuck it was something was really called? stupid. It was like the Beatzilla or the Mr. Beat. Or, yeah, the beat master, some fucking thing. Like, yeah, what if that beat was on that album? I'm sure it was one long freestyle. Know, maybe it was. Um, but what? Else? Oh, I also. So I was like, is anyone interested in this album? And I found a comment uh, where someone was asking if the songs he's been performing in his Las Vegas shows are on the album, and they named all three of them that are new. 
And only one of those three songs is on the album. Wow. So he's not even putting his other new songs on this album. He's like saving them for another album. Yeah, there's got to be a real album that's not limited release. Yeah, if he's got other songs and he just didn't put them on here, it just seems like he's trying to get rid of these songs and bury them. Yeah, I always wonder about that. The people that listen to every song on a new album by every artist they like. Like, I barely even keep up with artists I like that put out new albums. Like, when Radiohead puts out a new album, I don't even listen to it. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It depends. As you get older, I guess it's like I'm less. When I was younger, I was very adamant about. Yeah, that. definitely. And at this age, I definitely do it, but like with less fervor than I used to. You know. Yeah, and especially people that well, have like been around for me, a long time. Like when the Pixies put yeah. out a new album, I'm not listening to that. Oh, yeah, I don't well, I'm care. not going to listen to that shit because they're not good anymore. But. Yeah, I assume that anybody past their prime like that, it's not going to be good. But there are people who listen to every song. They're like diehard fans. Yeah, and I get it. Garth Brooks is big enough where he definitely has diehard fans. Yeah, but usually the diehard fans, like that's one of the ultimate artists where someone just has the greatest hits. You just have the greatest Mm -hmm. hits in your car and that's all you really need. He's not really an album-oriented country, AOC-style artist. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely true. And I think that's why he's been able to bury this Bass Pro album so deep. But one more. Okay. So I read a couple of things here. Like the only thing, the only press out there really is USA Today reviewed the album and highlighted their two favorite songs from it. Um, And they were basically just like, yeah, it's just like fun. It may sound like he's kind of selling out, but that's how he's always sounded and he's genuine about it. You know, it's like, yep, that's pretty much his whole discography. Can we get Nate to sue him? He has an album with fun on the cover called Fun. Yeah. Yeah, he does have that album in 2020 called Fun. That's kind of misleading, isn't it? If someone sees Fun on a CD cover, they might think it's Nate Roos and Jack Antonoff and Jeff Boscar. False advertising. And his 2014 album was Man Against Machine. People might mistake that for Rage Against Machine. The Machine. Or Metal Machine Music. Yeah. I thought this was noise. I thought this was crap. It should have to have a sticker on the front that's like a disclaimer that it's not any of those artists or albums. Uh, okay. And then, okay. One last, this is like, it maybe blows my mind the most about this whole little thing is that despite no one knowing about any of these songs on here and rodeo man being quote unquote, the single, uh, the only recent interview I found from like yesterday was that he was on good morning America and ABC news has like a quick write up about his good morning America appearance. And he starts talking about the album where he's like, I love country music, like really boilerplate stuff. Uh, the craziest thing that he does to me, though, is he starts promoting his new bar in, I think, Nashville called Friends in Low Places Bar and Honky Tonk. And yeah, it's opening in Nashville this week. And while he's promoting his bar, he says, we're a part of a neon neighborhood down there. And neon neighborhood is the name of a deep cut on this Best Pro Shops album. That kind of like fun, playful, like referential stuff. Who's going to pick up on that when no one heard this album? Like, why is he referencing deep cuts on this album in like a Good Morning America interview? His restaurant should have been low places. Yeah. Why is it called Friends in? Like, just simplify. I guess it's like, I love this bar and grill. It's just weird. It's weird to say. I wonder if like the marketing people are just like, well, you got to play to the lowest denominator here. They might not realize that low places is friends in low places, but I think it's cool that he's, this is, he, that's kind of like weirdly, he's slightly trying to market this album through playful references that no one's going to get except me. And also by putting it on sale. 
This came out 10 days ago. Yeah. It's already $15 off, 45 down to yeah. 30. Oh, you're right. 45 is the it's retail. It's 20 price. if you're it's in the club. Yeah, we should join the Bass Pro Club. If you're a club. friend in a high place and you're in the Bass Pro Shop Club, their credit not card. Not all of us can afford to be on that. Oh, man. When someone takes that out, oh. Yeah, you know you're rich when you have a bunch of credit cards. Yeah. Yo, I looked it up and my dad's credit card has a limit of $100,000. So he has no excuse Damn. to not buy me stuff. Yep, that's right. You should be able to buy There's me at PS5. least $50,000 worth of stuff. That's only half your money. And it's all free because you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, it's, it's on free. The card. You just wait till the card expires. Then you throw it in the trash. A credit card is basically like how, you know how like Jesus, um, he died for our sins and he like absorbed our sins or some shit. A credit card, it basically absorbs all of your expenses and then forgives them just like Jesus forgave us, you know? Yeah. The Jesus card. That's the only one I carry. It's a, a debt jubilee. A debt jubilee. Didn't the Bible say there should be a jubilee every so many years? I think credit card, there needs to be a Jesus card that everything gets uh, forgiven every few years. Yeah, you charge the credit card bill to the Jesus card and there's a number. Yeah. And it's run by the government. <laughs> but, you know, to Garth Brooks' credit, I went down the rabbit hole looking about his like new bar he's opening in Nashville this week. And he's going to make an appearance there at the end of the month to promote it. And uh, apparently this summer, he got backlash from a bunch of dipshits like Rich from Big and Rich. Speaking of him last week at Turdstock. He's such an attention he very whore. mad. John Rich. I prank yeah, called him. Was, or no, I, I got blocked by him on Twitter because I said he ate diarrhea. I, I prank called Big Kenny, said I was going to bring him gravel, and he threatened to shoot me with a shotgun in my belly. <laughs> so both of those guys don't like me. Because yeah, I'm small and, and poor. And the reason, yep. And you know, it's just these big fucking erudite rich guys who are picking on the, the little guy. His name is John but Rich. You know what? Yeah, Garth Brooks, though, feels for the little guy like us. Because to his credit, this summer uh, when he announced his bar, Garth Brooks said, we're going to serve all the beers there. And of course, John Rich smelled like a press cycle for him in it of being like, he's going to sell Bud Light? That's crazy, you know? And to Garth Brooks' credit, he's just like, look, I've always been an accepting and welcoming person, and I'm always going to be that way. And if you don't like it, then just don't come to my bar. And I didn't realize he had like a pro-LGBT song like 30 years ago. So, you know, Garth Brooks deserves some credit for that. Although his statements are very funny because he's trying to avoid being too political, where he won't actually say what he's taught. He won't even like... uh like let on what the issue is that Rich is taking with him. He's just saying, look, if you don't like people, then don't show up at my bar, but I support all people. He's not saying like trans lives matter or something. He's just kind of like, you know, I want everyone to just get along. Yeah. He's one of the last big artists like that. He's like an institution where he can't say something like that. Like Dolly Parton yeah, is too. Even though I think he does. He does seem to genuinely believe it though. Like I do believe him that he actually is like pro LGBT and feels somewhat strongly about it. But he realizes that his audience is so broad and so conservative that he needs to walk on eggshells anyway. Yeah, I would guess he's a generic Hollywood celebrity, opinion-wise. Yeah. He's just like a middle-of-the-road liberal, sort of. But again, and I, I see like how, for him, it's more difficult because all these guys like Kid Rock and John Rich want to get press off of his name by yelling at him about Bud Light, which is fucking annoying. So, yeah, I don't know. He should come back as Chris Gaines and say a bunch of woke shit. 
Yeah, that'd be very funny if Chris Gaines is more woke than Garth Brooks and Garth Brooks has to be like, oh, well, I, well, I agree in principle, but, uh, you know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is very long and uh, there's a lot of nuance to it. He comes back and he's wearing like a devil costume, like Sam Smith, and he's saying, we should be able to do gender <laughs> surgery on a fetus. And everyone just gets mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> he says that at the Country Music Awards. Like, I thought it was doing something. And then Garth Brooks comes out five minutes later to apologize for Chris Gaines. Yeah, he, he comes I out to control cheers. him when he gets like this. Remember y'all? that guy? I killed him. <laughs> yeah, why not fake the death of your fake alter ego? Like Sasha Fierce or whatever, too. Beyonce could just kill her for press. Oh, that would be great. Know? Or Garth Brooks and Beyonce could do a collab album where they both kill each other's alter egos in an album-length music video for HBO. Yeah. Maybe the thin white Duke could kill Sasha Fierce because he's racist. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be an exciting uh, comeback no one's expecting. A movie with all of the alter egos, like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. (laughs) Um, Some kind of like Marvel extended cinematic universe thing, but with just fake alter egos. Slim Shady. Yeah, Slim Shady. Prince when he was the symbol. It would have been really funny if Dr. Dre after Eminem became big, decided he had an alter ego also. Eminem's going to be in Fortnite. Did you know about that? He's going to be doing a concert in Fortnite. Is he like a, is there an Eminem skin? I assume? Yeah. It's going to be sick. Man, I feel like Fortnite's eventually going to keep lowering the bar of what becomes a skin, you know? I feel like, you know, Biden's going to be in deep enough water with young people already with his handling of Gaza that it's like, they should make a Biden Fortnite skin. That thing where he was talking about Britney tickets, so that was awesome. Kill him for fun. Oh, God, it's so hard to watch, man. I just try not to watch any videos of Biden at all. And with Trump, I try to avoid like 95% of videos unless it's like a really funny one. Yeah. You know? It's just so hard to watch either of them. They're just such fucking decrepit nightmares. It's crazy that guy's the president. Like, why is he even saying that shit and they're yeah. not feeding it to him? Like, he's yeah. saying that shit off I the really cuff, try but he not doesn't to think know about who him it being president. Like, what? If they're going to have him say that shit, they should have him reading it off a teleprompter. It makes no sense. Yeah. It makes it seem like it was his idea because he fucked it up so bad. Is Britney Spears doing concerts? I feel like she's going to do a Vegas residency, maybe? Let's look that up. Hmm. Oh, she already finished her residency. What is she doing? What is she up to now? Uh, Making videos of herself twirling knives in her home. Yeah, it seems... I was hoping she would not just be mentally ill. It would suck if she just came back and was just severely mentally ill. I mean, that's Branson's take, and I think he's like more or less correct. Branson's original take was that uh, the second she was off of the conservatorship, she was going to burn down her house. But who cares? I guess it didn't come to that, but she does seem uh, relatively unstable. But I think she should be allowed to do whatever she wants, even if it's crazy. I'm sure ultimately it's just sad at the end of the day, but... I mean, speaking of things that are just sad, but has one very funny moment buried within it. Like, we didn't really feel like talking about it last week. But then there's kind of an interesting twist in this where, uh, like, P. Diddy, I don't know, people probably saw this, that, like, Cassie, his long-term partner, had all these extremely graphic and horrible allegations against him, which are too depressing for the scope of this show, probably. But interestingly, he just immediately settled the next day after she made all these allegations and she had apparently what turned down a settlement that was like already an eight figure settlement. So it has to be at least like multiple tens of millions that he offered her. And 
Diddy put out this statement that was like, we've decided to resolve this matter amicably. I wish her and her family all the best. And then his, his lawyer had to make his own statement to clarify afterward. Just so we're clear, this is in no way an admission of wrongdoing. But there was a detail in there where he apparently blew up Kid Cudi's car in his driveway. Yeah, he this put is a car bomb in the his car. The one extremely funny detail buried amid all of the rest of the stuff, which is extraordinarily bleak. But uh, in one incident described in the court papers, Miss Ventura says that in early 2012, Mr. Combs grew so angry about her dating the rapper Kid Cudi that he said he would blow up the rapper's car. Around that time, the suit says, Kid Cudi's car exploded in his driveway. So it's pretty wild. Like if someone told you a rapper blew up another rapper's car, you would believe him, <laughs> but you wouldn't think it was P Diddy and Kid Cudi. Exactly. Yeah. It's so lame. God, that's so fu- Especially like, I guess being as generous as possible, I guess I can see how Kid Cudi was big enough in 2012 that you would want to car bomb him. But I think it'd be way funnier to car bomb Kid Cudi in 2023. And actually, that might be really good for his career. Like, PR-wise, it'd be great for him, right? Yeah, he's driving a Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> I think basically there needs to be a PR firm for artists that car bombs their own artists' cars just to get attention. So it's like, I don't know, if Jack Johnson's putting out his new album and he hasn't gotten as much attention lately since in the post-Curious George years... He just needs to hire this firm to car bomb himself and make sure that there's no actual injuries. And then it can be like, damn, who's trying to kill Jack Johnson? People want him dead because his new album's so good. And he names names on there, you know? Well, that's what the Puddle of Mud guy did. <laughs> You're right. He actually did. Yeah, he was but he said it was to deter the car bomb theft, on his car. which is very strange. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, if you're going to steal a car and it has a bomb on it, like, what do you even think? Like, wh- what? Well... Why does this have a like bug? What? Britney Spears? I don't think he's mentally well. No. <laughs> Maybe Wes Borland and Britney Spears would be a good couple. Like I would get a camera, or uh, Wes Scantlin. Wes Borland is um, Limp Bizkit. Oh, sorry, Wes Scantlin. Yeah, <laughs> I got the. How are there two Weses from the early two thousands? Yeah, Wes Borland. He looks weird, now. but he's normal. He's the most normal one. Yeah. Although Fred Durst seems pretty normal too. Again, to Limp Bizkit's credit, they've aged shockingly gracefully for a band that annoying. Yeah, we talked about that Instagram video where they're playing some old Limp Bizkit song in Fred Durst's house. And if you didn't, yeah. you can't see Fred Durst because he's filming. And if you didn't know, you would think it was like Hot Water Music or Thursday or a band like that. Like they just look like yeah, aging totally. post-hardcore guys because they don't have the costumes on and shit. Yeah. And again, even that's to their credit of like, they're just pretty normal guys who are not terrible people like P. Diddy is. They should put them in Fortnite. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> but without any of like the actual costumes, you know, I just want white haired old man Fred Durst in Fortnite. Yeah. And he's wearing a suit and it's called uh, Fred Wick. That's the name of this yeah. game is Fred Wick. <laughs> it's Fred Durst's head on John Wick's body. Again, they could do that with Biden, Biden wick. I think people, people both want the opportunity to kill Biden and also would be at least, you know, at least he's got a sense of humor about himself. Put him in Fortnite. Joe wick. And it's just him wearing his normal suit. It was Joe Biden, but as John wick. Yeah. (laughs) Joe wick. That's the skin. Biden doesn't really have the charisma to like, I, I would love to see him in like a John wick video like doing some insane john wick shit like whipping his car around and like shooting 20 guys he doesn't have the charisma to let someone like deep fake that though 
That thing with the candles on the cake, that was crazy. He should yeah, do more shit like, like a fucking that. Inferno it's on so the weird. Cake. That yeah. was so surreal. It is almost like Trump-like in how weird yeah, it is. It should all know? be It's like, like Trump that. with like the 400 burgers for like all the athletes. Yeah, it know? looks like a, an AI drawing. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is the kind of material I want from him, realistically speaking. Just like weird, psycho, awkward shit. Man, car bombing someone is really funny, honestly, though. Speaking of car bombs, Bono says U2's new album will be an unreasonable guitar record with big choruses. Good segue. Those dangerous Irish bastards. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, ethnicities who are prone to bombing. That's right. It's genetic. <laughs> I want to do it half the time. I have to, I have to just close my eyes yeah. and be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Every time I see the bottom of a car. But yeah, this sounds like a disaster. Speaking of car bombs, this sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. A new U2 album with quote unquote unreasonable guitars and big choruses. Noisy, uncompromising, unreasonable guitar album citing ACDC as an influence. That's not really unreasonable. Yeah, that's how you know it's, yeah, that's extreme. That might be the like ultimate example of reasonable electric guitars. Yeah, it's mostly open chords. It's only Chuck Berry licks. Yeah. That's very middle of the road electric guitar playing. That's just loud enough to have crunch, but it's not like fucking super distorted, you know? And that's how you know, like it's going to be bad because unreasonable guitars and big chorus, like when, when Bono in tw the 2020 says big choruses, he means like an Imagine Dragons. Oh, 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 chorus, you know? And actually cool, big guitars are not going to, the, the, the guitars he's thinking of aren't going to pair with anything but that, you know? He's not, he's not talking about making like a My Bloody Valentine album. Yeah, I wonder what he even means. He says... I think he literally means ACDC guitars, like he said. I've taken him at his That word. would be cool. Have the Edge play an SG also, through so a Marshall lame. or something. But it's like, it's so funny because it cuts so hard against what the Edge is actually good at. Again, it's not like he's made any fucking good music in 25 years anyway, at least. But it's like, no one wants to hear the Edge play acdc songs i feel like they've done this recently though maybe it was 20 years ago like vertigo and beautiful day that's yeah, what true. i think of when i think of new u2 like i don't know what they've done in the last 10 years i didn't listen to the free album that's a good point like uh joshua tree to vertigo is a shorter amount of time than you know those songs to now like the majority of their career has just been pure trash yeah, it's like Weezer. Or the yep, Beatles. exactly. Yeah, Weezer is the new U2 in a way. The Beatles' first 10 albums are good, but everything after 1970, it's just been trash. <laughs> that's a good I point. I don't listen to their new shit. I think that's objectively true, yeah. Yeah. They had three songs in the last 40-something years, and uh, the verdict isn't great. I like the Beatles, but only their old shit. Yeah. No, not the early <laughs> shit, like Let It Be. Yeah. <laughs> It is like, also it's crazy because like, even though Bono's like a cornball, he has listened to a lot of good music in his life, right? He, he's familiar with interesting music and for him to claim that his idea of noisy, uncompromising, unreasonable guitars is ACDC is so crazy to me because he's like a contemporary of artists that are much weirder than that, you know? Yeah. Who has the biggest guitars? Like, 
I mean, even just like My Bloody Valentine or something, that's the early 90s. And like U2's peak is like the mid 80s. Like that's a few years apart. You know, he's a, I guarantee he's listened to Loveless, right? Yeah, that would be pretty funny to try to modernize by hiring Kevin Shields. Yeah, <laughs> even that, that would be so much cooler than what anything they'll actually yeah, do. Yeah, or though. Billy Corgan. Or yeah. Dave Grohl. Again, even that. Yeah, if U2 yeah, had even Dave that, Grohl on it. an album, they should do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's actually, again, to Bono's credit, he's self-aware enough to say in this same interview with Enemy, he's like, I don't think the world is waiting for the next U2 album. I think we have to give them a reason to be interested in it. And like, that's very fair. You know, that's honest. It's true. Apparently, Marla Maples, the thing he's going to make is going to suck. Apparently, Marla Maples had an affair with Michael Bolton in the 90s. Oh, interesting. He admitted, I left her. I left her like a dog. <laughs> That's what dogs love to do. They love to leave people. They're not very loyal companions. I guess he talked about this. I don't know why it came up recently. Oh, it's because of FBI documents. Uh, because her former publicist was arrested, I guess. But that's pretty funny. I love when he says like a dog. Yeah. A guy like me, a competitive guy, it's like an affirmation that the girl has to be great because the number one singer has fallen for her, he boasted. That's amazing. Oh, I guess it was before they were married. Like they were split up and okay. they got back together and got married. And then he had Tiffany. Yeah. Oh, we hate Tiffany. Yep, Useless we hate Tiffany. To hear about Tiffany, don't we? Useless Tiffany. Does he does he not have uh you know how he would just have uh, like his nicknames for people. Does he have like alliterative nicknames for all his kids? He really ought to. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do that with those names. Yeah, idiotic Ivanka. No, ball and baron. Incest Ivanka. Incest Ivanka. <laughs> that's what I call her. Cause we fuck. You know, uh, you're talking about treating someone like a dog a minute ago, and I'd be remiss to miss this segue here. Drake, who we talked about a few weeks ago, releasing his super long album that's like, okay, but way too long and not really particularly good or vital. He released a a bonus edition with six more tracks and he's kind of bragging that he wrote all six songs in five days, which doesn't really seem to bode all that well. (laughs) It seems like that's his problem is that he writes too many songs too fast. You know, why don't you actually let these songs gestate? They might be better. I guess it kind of depends on the beat with shit like that. It just matters if it's a good beat or not. Like he probably has a a bank of beats that he picks from and he's kind of just going off the dome about whoever's texting him at the time. So it's like, that's exactly what these six songs sound like. All of these songs just reference beefs he has and shit. It's also funny that he calls Taylor Swift, the N word, uh, Kind of like lovingly. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, all right. The only N-word I ever rated. Only one could make me drop the album just a little later. It's really funny for him to say that Taylor Swift is his only competition. I guess that says a lot about him. Yeah, I guess that's a compliment to her. Yeah. But what does it say about him, I guess? He's going after all the 15-year-old girls, you know? I guess so, <laughs> like yeah. He wants that audience. Oh, we have an update on the Beatles, on the new Beatles. There's, um, yeah, their new shit's not as good as their old shit. There's a list of every song ranked. It's from NME. And I scrolled through it, and I think it was... Where is it? Now and then. 
It's at 153. 153 out of 188. So it's, I guess, it's better than a lot of songs that I think it's not better than. Yeah. This, I mean, that's a very fair placement for it. It is probably better than maybe 30 songs tops in their discography. I mean, we don't have to spend forever on this, but there is some insane shit in here. The very, very lowest song they rated in the whole discography is Wild Honey Pie from the White Album. Wild Honey Pie. Like, like that song's not good. It's funny. But the Pixies, the Pixies cover of that song is awesome. And I feel like there's some longevity to that song because the Pixies made it a cool song. And so it's definitely better than a bunch of shit on like the first four albums. You know what I mean? Like, is that really worse than like some of their like throwaway covers? I don't yeah, think I so. Yeah, I think it's better than like Little Child or something like that. Because it was yeah, just, absolutely. it was them being stupid. They did what they were trying to do where some of those early songs, you can feel them trying to do something and not doing it. Yeah. And number one is Tomorrow that- Never Knows. Which is kind of boring. That's a boring choice. Day yeah, in the it's life. It's a boring pick. Hey Jude. It's a good song. Some of the other songs at the bottom are interesting to me too, because you know my name, look up the number is on here, but they don't have what's the new Mary Jane on here. So why'd you put one of their dumb, like throwaway joke songs, but not the other one, you know? What was what's the new Mary Jane on? It's like I don't even remember what it's on because it's not on any of like the main releases. But it's another one like this where it's just a bunch of bullshit. I don't really know that one. Was that on Anthology? No, it was released before that. It's weirdly in... I have a book of all the Beatles chords, you know, that I bought when I was younger. And it's in that for some reason. Interesting. Yeah, that doesn't really feel like a Beatles song to me. What was that released on? Oh, it was included in Anthology, but I know it was out there before that. Yeah, it was probably on something. I don't really remember it. Why don't we do it in the road is very low. Yeah, that's a good Blue song. Blue Jay Way at 179. That makes me mad. That's crazy. I love that song. If I was going to cover the Beatles, that's almost certainly the song that I would do. That's top 10 for me, I would say. Yeah, it's a very good song. And it's one that is like exciting to interpret. Like I would love to cover that song. Run for Your Life is really low because it is about killing women, but I think it's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think it's yeah, a really it's good, song. good song. And it's Elvis's fault because he was ripping off Elvis. Free as a Bird is 175. So the new one's better than that, which I don't think, I don't think I agree with that. Yeah. The low ones are mostly what you would expect, like one after 909. I'll get you this boy. I'm down. Hold me tight. Now and then 153. It's yeah, that's totally. It's not fair. as good as Octopus's Garden. It's not as good as Polythene Pam. <laughs> I mean, I think that's. They true. also put Lovely Rita at one forty, which is crazy. That's yeah. one of the best. That's nothing in the top on, ten for me, also. Yeah, nothing on Sgt. Pepper is that low, considering how many other like mid songs they have. You know. Yeah. Obladi Oblada should be lower. That's only at one hundred forty-four. That yeah, could be that could lower. be bottom ten. That song's not. Yeah, that song's terrible. You Can't Do That is 131. Come on. That's like top 20. Yeah, let's see. Okay, I'm going back to the top of the list now. Again, the top of the list is outrageously safe in a way that's kind of like, uh, I don't know, what a music critic would say. <laughs> like a more a very boring music critic would say this. Day in the Life, Hey Jude. I mean, Strawberry Fields and something I would also put in the top five. Those are very good. But Yeah. 
I mean, most of this is pretty accurate at the end of the day. Like, Blackbird is pretty high up there. Like, Why My Guitar Gently Weeps, that's definitely an easy top 10. That makes sense. All My Loving is number nine, which is really weird. That is maybe the weirdest That top is one 10 of the pick, yeah. most throwaway tracks they ever wrote. That's I don't get that at all. Yeah, from With the Beatles. Yeah, that's super We weird. can work it out. I feel like they're trying to sneak one contrarian pick into the bottom of the top 10. And your Burke and Sing is pretty high up. I, I do love I that I like song. the demo they better. 13, which is pretty high. The demo oh, yeah, where they're yeah, laughing was, and it's kind of, it's arranged like Mr. Tambourine Man, but more outwardly. Yeah. You showed me that. Yeah, that's on Anthology 2, I think. They're just giggling. They got the giggles. I respect them putting yesterday at 14 because some you could put it higher and I think that would be wrong. Like that song's fine, but it's pretty like corny, you know, like obviously it's a classic for a reason, but eh. yeah, it's gone down in esteem, I think. Yeah, I think right. Like so. if you ask music critics Wait, in 1970, thing. they wouldn't say tomorrow never knows. They would probably say yesterday or hey, Jude. But now people yeah, are like, definitely. it's the default opinion is that you like their experimental stuff better. And that also you think John is cooler than Paul? Yeah, definitely. Did you see that they put Martha, my dear, in the top 20? It's good. It's not that good, though. I mean, I some people like uh, Joel, I know, fucking hates that song. I don't think it's really? that bad, but it's not that good I think good it's all either. right. I think it's like, that song is like in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I would put it in the middle, I think. It's better than Penny Lane? I don't think so. That's yeah, top that's a 10. Weird, that's a very... Very questionable choice right there. I think they hate Paul. I kind of like that. Uh, I appreciate that two of us is at number 23. I like that song because they sound so tired and they don't really sound like they want to be singing it, which is like perfect for let it be, you know? Yeah. There's something like that song sounds better for being kind of a low energy take than if they like really sold it. It was after they stopped circle jerking. Yeah. <laughs> they had lost the connection. The Beatles should have gotten the band back together uh, on the rooftop to jerk off together up there. Yeah, they should have done that. <laughs> and with then like the police are trying to shut it down. John Lennon's frozen semen. Yeah. <laughs> they pull that out and they all squeeze out one last load. <laughs> and there's businessmen just walking by on the street. Hey, something's going on up something's there. Something's on the roof. Oh, it's raining, but only in this one spot. Yeah. <laughs> she said, she said is 38. That's also top 10 to me. Yeah, I love that song. Very, very top tier. And rain, Rain's at 31. That's probably fair, but that's a very good song. Yeah. There's also one about the Rolling Stones. This surprised me. I was looking at the other list that they have on NME, and they have a Rolling Stones album ranking. And it's been updated already. So the new one is out of 24, uh, 11. So it's a little better than average. Yeah, it seems like the most reasonable Rolling Stones album ranking ever, actually, where the top five are exactly the albums you'd expect. Yeah, Exile, Sticky Calling Fingers. Calling new one number 11 is probably fair because they have so many forgettable albums that it's like, all right. Yeah. I would put Beggar's Banquet a lot lower, I think. Yeah, I think it's just like a consensus list in a yeah. way. Where it's like, okay. I would put Goat's Head Soup higher than six, I think. Tattoo You is nine. It's pretty reasonable. Like, I won't defend most Rolling Stones albums. Blue and Lonesome, Bridges to Babylon, Undercover. Undercover has one good song. Between the Buttons has is number 20. Wow. Oh, I guess it's because um, 
the U.S. version didn't have most of the songs. Like, it didn't have Ruby Tuesday. Yeah. A lot of them are like those bullshit early albums where they were different in the U.S. and the U.K. Yeah, that shit's so annoying. There's Satanic Majesty's Request 16. Eh. That album's over. Like, okay, so a lot of my friends when I was younger insisted that album's amazing. And they're like, oh, this, you gotta, if you don't like the Rolling Stones that much, you gotta listen to this one. And it's like, then I did, and I was like, oh, it's not that good. The singles are better than the album. Yeah. Like, We Love You and Dandelion. Dandelion is one of their best songs, but it's only a B-side. They should have put it on the album. It would have been better. It was a very similar thing to Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields Forever, and Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah, the Beatles singles, like non-album singles in that era are like a lot of their best songs. If they songs. had just put those two songs on the album, it would have been like indisputably the best album yeah, ever. Super masterpiece, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they just didn't do it. Same thing with um, Jumpin' Jack, Jumpin Jack Flash on Beggar's Banquet, that kind of stuff. But it's interesting yeah. to see that. I guess it's a little you know, better than I average, like so you got to hand it to them. Maybe this is crazy to me, but you know what? I haven't had a real Beatles phase in like at least a decade, you know? I think I'm ready for a Beatles phase right now. It's been so long. Yeah, it's been a while for me. It's it's weird how it's one I of those I'm bands that it. you listen to every day for a month and then you stop. Like yeah. it's not something I put on really. Like if, if it comes on on shuffle, I'll listen to it, but like I won't listen to the Beatles once a week. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. Especially because it's something I listen to so much in my life that I don't need to hear it. But I think now I've actually gone such a long time without really listening to them that I'm ready for a phase. You know, the other day I was reading some like John Lennon interviews from like the end of his life, like the last couple interviews he gave. And they're way more interesting than I expected them to be because I never read them before. And he was actually so incredibly clear headed. And, um, like most of his opinions, like I guess the things that always get attention are like the negative things he says about the other Beatles. But I feel like his opinions on all the other Beatles were pretty much spot on. And he's just very blunt about the good things and the bad things. And he's such like a, at the end of the day, a very reasonable and self-aware person at the end of his life. Yeah, you know? it's too bad that that's when he put out the fewest albums. Maybe it was the other way yeah, around. But it's also, but that's why. Yeah. I think that's why he put out the fewest albums is that he was the most at peace and the most sensible and lucid and self-aware yeah (laughs) yeah and double fantasy is pretty good it's all right yeah maybe i should like i could make an effort to listen to the beatles solo discographies more i mostly know each of their like handful of best known albums but i've never gone like super deep into their solo discographies ever yeah like there's a lot of paul mccartney stuff i haven't heard the paul mccartney elvis costello album in 1989 i think that's pretty good Oh, I've never listened to that ever. Yeah, he was filling the Lennon role, and he did a pretty good job. Interesting. Yeah, maybe it's time for a Beatles phase, you know? Maybe. The Liverpudlian lads. Yep, they're back at it again. Their new shit's not as good as the old the shit. The Merseyside motherfuckers. <laughs> we thank God for a damn 20. 